Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Today on the show, professional commentator James takes a turn into F1 commentary. And science is fun. I set the team a driver naming challenge. <laughs> Lickerless. <laughs> Natifi. Sick Mumaka. Nice. We review the national anthem and, of course, we dissect all the news and events of the US Grand Prix. Hello, my name is Brian Mylander and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn King and you're listening to Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Profi. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go! Hello and welcome to the Cut to the Race podcast. Today with me, Abby's back. Hiya. Hi, it is good to be back. I haven't done a podcast in a while, so I'm looking forward to it. Where did you go? Anywhere nice? Anywhere hot? In the south of Spain, and it was very hot. And I have got a bit of a tan, but with the English weather, I have to wear jumpers and that, so no one can see it. No comment. <laughs> Sam, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I was going to lead in with like a like a yeehaw or something in, uh, in tribute of it being the United States Grand Prix, but um, go on. Oh, that'd be cringe. But just do it. it. You've already you've already cringed yourself I don't think by you saying it. Follow with uh, what Abby just said with yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with a with a howdy. Uh, James McKenzie, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm back as well. Apparently, you didn't miss me, uh, but yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't too sunny in England, as you know. But I'm now back in Paris. It was like I was never gone. Yeah, it, it was. It was, mate. It was. Or was it like you're never here? <laughs> <laughs> so. It was the US Grand Prix this weekend. Um, there's a lot to cover, but before we get into it. Let's get your weekend ratings. So, um, Abby, we'll start with you. What did you rate this out of 10? Nine out of 10. Whoa. Because it was really enjoyable to watch. We saw a lot of on-track battles, but there were a few questionable things that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, so, nine out of 10. Well, I'm impressed. That's a, that's a really high score. Sam, what did you rate it? Uh, a seven out of 10. I was pleasantly surprised. I see. I disagree slightly with Martin Brundle's uh, view that post championship decider races get more interesting and fun because people are kind of, you know, the gloves are off. There's nothing to lose. It feels a bit lame duck, dead rubber to me. So I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and James. <laughs> uh, I'll split the difference and I'll go eight. It was it was pretty action packed. I think it was. In terms of, yeah, the, the on-track action may be one of the best this year. So, yeah, and no, I enjoyed it. It was, as we'll get on to, painful again as a Hamilton fan, but it was entertaining. I couldn't agree more, James. I'm going to give it an eight and let's get into the news. Yeah, so it was, it turned out to be quite a sombre and a sad weekend for Red Bull. 
actually. They came from Japan with Max winning the championship this year, but it was announced that the co-founder of Red Bull, Dietrich Mateschitz, sadly passed away at the age of 78, which not only is a huge loss for the team and everyone involved, but also Formula One as a whole, because he did have a massive part to play within the industry. And outside of it as well, he co-founded Red Bull and co-founded the spinal cord charity Wings for Life. So it is a very sad time for everyone involved because he was such an inspiring man. Absolutely. And uh, Magistrates' tragic passing was also tied to another big talking point going into the weekend, which is, of course, the 2021 uh, budget cap. And Red Bull, as we know, have been found guilty of a minor breach. The uh, passing of Massachusetts stopped any kind of negotiations that were going on. Uh, but essentially, up to that point, after Red Bull had been found guilty, the FIA option to accept the sanction that, A, they agree and admit that they'd made a, a breach, and that would have come with a 25% reduction in wind tunnel testing uh, for next season. So, as we know, as constructor champions and the top team in the sport, Red Bull get 70% wind tunnel time compared to the lower end of the grid who get actually over 100% of the marker, which is, I think, P7 in the Constructors' Championship gets 100% wind tunnel testing time. Not sure the exact amount of time that is, but essentially it's 25% reduction. So what we don't know and what I want to throw to you guys is, is that 25% from 70 so take 25 from 70 land at 45 or is it 25% of 70 which i believe is 52.5 well it's it's not a massive difference to be fair <laughs> <laughs> it's it's either 45 or like 50 and a bit isn't it swerve it's, the question there <laughs> well I, I don't i don't think we know at this point i think i think that is a I, th- I do think that is a big difference though i've seen people saying that it's a slap on the wrist and it's not a harsh enough penalty. But that's huge in terms of wind tunnel development time. It could have a real substantive impact on their development over the next few years. But they haven't accepted that yet because we are in this bizarre situation of offering people punishments, you know, like in real life. Yeah, I mean, that is bizarre. and But I can't see how the situation gets better for Red Bull unless they somehow prove that they haven't breached because surely the FIA are going to go, no, but this is our conclusion. You know, you accept this punishment or we're going to take more wind tunnel time from you. It's, it's, they've got themselves into a really odd kind of halfway house here. They should have just sanctioned and moved on. But here we are. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to have a massive impact to answer your question, Sam. Um, you know, as, as as they've won the constructors, losing another 25%, that is massive for 2023, surely. Oh, completely. Absolutely, yeah. But there was uh, a few other things that were circling around the paddock over the weekend. Yeah, so obviously Daniel Ricciardo is leaving McLaren, as we all know, which is very sad to hear as a McLaren fan. But it was confirmed that he will be staying within F1 as a reserve driver. Rumours were that he could be joining Mercedes as a reserve, but now they're leaning more towards Red Bull. So we could see him return there. But also Logan Sargent, who is currently racing in Formula 2 for Carlin, it was announced that he will be joining Williams for 2023, but only if he manages to get the super licence points in the final round in Abu Dhabi. Just on Ricardo, 
Is it not even more of an insult to be a reserve driver than just take a year out? It, it really seems harsh to me. Really harsh. Well, it's, it's not... I don't think it's an insult because it's his choice that he's making. And I guess for him, he's thinking, well, if I can go to a big team and show that I can work well in the simulator, help develop the car, that gives me stock heading into 2024. And let's face it, we don't know how long Hamilton is going to stick around for. And we also don't know how long Red Bull are going to keep Perez. So those teams do seem like a, a logical place for him to to position himself. Or, or if I were him, maybe even Ferrari, because I don't think Carlos Sainz's place there is ironclad. I mean, I think it would be a, a a big surprise now for Daniel to go to Ferrari. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we've mentioned before that uh, Sergio has said he might call it a day if the calendar expands to the point that it has now expanded to. So yeah, I think the biggest thing is just keeping your foot in the door in F1, just keeping like in people's memories and reminding them week to week that you're just there and that it just seems to work. I mean, we saw it with Alex Albon as well. He obviously was reserve driver and then got his a seat again the next year. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I've, I've, I've been thinking over the last you know, few weeks is that surely, though, Daniel has performed his way out of the running or his car has performed him out of the running for a top seat moving forward. It would have to be a real big turnaround. But I also think taking the Haas seat is, would be a big risk anyway as well because what if he loses to Magnussen next season? You know, his stock takes an even bigger hit. So, yeah, it's it's a it's an impossible situation for him. So he gave quite an emotional speech, didn't he, after the race? When you think it can't get any worse, it does. That's where I don't know how I'm continuing to continue because pain is an understatement. If you want to see that, go to formulanos.com. You can see more there. So yeah, we got underway on Friday evening, as it was for those of us in Europe anyway. And it was quite an interesting first session. We had a top three of Science, Verstappen and Hamilton. So all three teams looking immediately like they could be in the fight. Uh, and then Lance Stroll in fourth, which would actually prove not to be too much of an outlier as the weekend progressed. Uh, the other main feature of FP1 was the inclusion of a number of new faces and one old one uh, due to this season's new requirements to run inexperienced drivers during practice so we had Robert Schwartzman in the Ferrari Alex Palo in the McLaren Theo Pocher in the Alpha Logan Sargent in the Williams and Antonio Giovinazzi in the Haas now those last two had pretty contrasting days uh, it was announced as Abby has mentioned that Logan Sargent will be in the, in the Williams seat next year providing he gets those super license points you nearly said Mercedes then James I was about to say what uh, yeah he had it here first. And meanwhile, Italian Jesus Giovinazzi chucked it into the wall after, I think, three or four laps. So uh, do you guys think that's the end of his slim chances at the Haas seat next year? Uh, and to answer your question directly, no. But I don't think there were really realistic chances there to begin with. So he can come out and say, I don't think it's affected your chances. It's like, well, no, it didn't because you didn't have <laughs> as strong a chance as you might have hoped to begin with. So, <laughs> I mean, it certainly didn't help them. So yeah, moving on, FP2 was fairly unrepresentative uh, as it was largely the Pirelli tyre test that had to be postponed in Suzuka. 
there was some confusion as it was expected to be half on the new compounds and then half normal session, but most of the drivers just kept on pounding around. You have to say not particularly quickly on them. Uh, but we had Leclerc, Bottas and Ricardo who were allowed to use normal tyres having missed the morning session and they formed the top three with science clearly the quickest on the test tyre. So maybe good signs for Ferrari next year if that compound does come into play, do you think? Yeah, I think so. It was interesting to see how they all perform because I think they're aiming to get rid of tyre blankets entirely in the coming years and I think these ones were reduced in temperature. Um, Yeah, I think for science that was a good representation of what he can do and with those tyres as well. But I was happy to see Ricardo in the top three and then I realised, oh no, that's not really representative of how your weekend's probably going to go. But it was an interesting session to watch. Uh, But yeah, so it's promising for, for Carlos in FP2 and it also looked promising for Ferrari for the weekend but then come FP3 on Saturday it was an ominous looking time by Verstappen that topped the session over three tenths clear of the Ferrari pair. So that was practice if you missed it. If you didn't see qualifying it was quite a good one Uh, quite late on Saturday but Abby talk us through it. Yes so it was quite late and based on practice all eyes were on Verstappen and Ferrari's And in Q1, track limits became a prominent thing as Hamilton had a lap time deleted. Schumacher unfortunately spun, which he still doesn't have a seat confirmed for next year. So spinning is not what he wants to do over a race weekend. (laughs) And going out was Magnussen, Ricardo, Ocon, Schumacher and Latifi. And for Ocon, that was his worst start at Cota since 2016, which when you compare... His performances to his teammates, Alonso's, it's there's quite a big difference between the two. And then Q2, Vettel had a time deleted. And then Verstappen, he did go fastest, but both Ferraris proved very quick and knocked him off. And then Joe, he did get through to Q3, knocking Norris out, but he had a lap time deleted as well. So then he went out. So it was Albon, Vettel, Gasly, Joe and Sonoda. And then the battle for pole was wide open in Q3, but it was Carlos Sainz who put his Ferrari on pole, followed by Leclerc, Verstappen, Perez, Hamilton, Russell, Stroll, Norris, Alonso and Bottas. But that order, whilst that was the qualifying order, it wasn't the starting grid for the race, as Leclerc and Perez and Alonso took grid place penalties. Well, I mean, where's the sudden pace from Aston Martin come from? (laughs) Um. <laughs> it's a mystery, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it was it was bizarre. Like I said, Lance was there on in P four on the Friday, and then they just never like quite often they've kind of flattered to deceive on a on a Friday, and then, yeah, maybe Saturday morning, and then they just kind of disappear instantly. The pace they've shown, but it stuck around this time. I do think there is pace in that car, and there is pace in that philosophy. It's just I guess they can turn it on better at certain certain circuits than others. So it is refreshing to see because. If you've ever listened to our our collab that we did with the uh, Grand Prix podcast uh, before the start of the season, uh, one idiot predicted that Sebastian Vettel would win the world title this season. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) So, you know, I think it's really nice to see them do well. So that's brought you up to speed on everything that happened in the weekend up until the Sunday. We will discuss the race in just a minute, but before we do, we're going to do a little something special today. 
Now, some of you might not know that James McKenzie, he's on the panel today, you've heard him already. James is actually a professional commentator on Eurosport. Now, you do the football, right? I do the football, yeah. We're going to see if he can take Crofty's job. This is, I mean, I love F1. It will be a bit out of, com- out of my comfort zone, this, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's much harder than you would think, right? But here's, here's a clip of James commentating in football, just to, just to show we're not lying to you. Another test shortly after. The ominous sight of Leo Messi and Neymar standing over a free kick just outside the box. This time Lopez will be planted to the spot, but saved by his crossbar. Messi's French woodwork curse continues. It's 14 times he has struck in the French league. He's four more than any other player since the start of last season. Okay, can you see the screen, guys? I can. I'm going to say that uh, Crofty probably has a better... Uh, quality feed than I have right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll enlarge it for you. At least, that? Yeah, make it full screen. Yeah, okay, that's better. Now I've got you three hanging on the, the corner of it, but I, I can, it'll be fine. Right, okay. Th- this video starts at um, three lights. So one light, two light. We have lights, we have cameras, and we have action here at the Secretary of the Americas. And it's a good start for Verstappen. He's already up alongside Sainz. He's already up past Sainz. He has the inside line going into the first corner. Mercedes getting close behind. And Sainz has spun. Sainz is around the pole sitter. From the front to the back. It's a nightmare start. It looks like it might have been George Russell who's made contact. He's dropped back to fourth. And we have Verstappen in the lead from Hamilton from Lance Stroll in the Aston Martin. And then Russell in fourth. And Vettel and Norris here battling for fifth. Looks like Vettel's just about got the better of him there the the action continues further back we've got Bottas and Perez banging wheels here in the battle for seventh looks like yeah Bottas has run wide a little and he's going to be challenged by Alex Albon as we come down towards the back straight it is Verstappen from Hamilton a little lock up there and there's no stop to the action Gasly coming up the inside of Albon and Albon has run out wide I think there it looks like it could be four wide, four wide going down the back straight. We've got Albon, Bottas, Gasly and Leclerc who's recovering from P12 on the grid. Uh, it looks like, yeah, Carlos Sainz thinks he has a puncture, but it's two by two behind them. It's going to be Gasly and Albon. Gasly has run out. I think he's got that. He has got that place. And Leclerc has got the better behind him as well. Little look round the outside there from Albon, but no space. As we approach the end of this first lap, it's still Verstappen in the lead. And a battle between Sonoda and Mick Schumacher here. We're on the long right-hander. Sonoda is going to go round the outside of Mick Schumacher. And he makes it stick. An impressive move from the young Japanese driver. But at the end of lap one, it is Max Verstappen leading from Lewis Hamilton. Could we be set for another 2021-esque battle between the two former title rivals? <laughs> I... When I asked you to do this, I actually thought, like, no offence, James, don't take this the wrong way, mate. But I thought it was going to be rubbish. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you sounded about as breathless as I do going up the stairs, so fair play to you. <laughs> i tell you, I'm going to be honest, the feed there was giving me about one frame every oh, yeah. two seconds. I don't know if you guys could see that as well. It was just like, whoop, whoop. Has anyone else noticed James's voice has now gone up 10 decibels since he did it? Let's just compare the start versus Crofty. Just just the first few few seconds, right? Crofty, watch out, mate. 
Verstappen's ahead of Carlos Sainz. And then there's a lockup from behind George Russell. Lewis Hamilton goes around the outside of Sainz. is spun round and is tagged. And he's gone from pole to last in the space of one corner. And it's a good start for Verstappen. He's already up alongside Sainz. He's already up past Sainz. He has the inside line going into the first corner. Mercedes getting close behind. And Sainz is spun. Sainz is around the pole sitter. From the front to the back. It's a nightmare start. The spin yeah. bit was better. James's spin bit was better. Thanks, man. So but, uh, we'll send that to Crofty. Yeah. There's your demo tape, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You got, you got some uh, some real there. Yeah, I, I want to know what what did you think of? Uh, we have lights, we have cameras, and now we have action. Is that all right? Because I've given a lot of thought to this rather than just doing a it's lights out and away we go. No one steals that, by the way. Well, my, my the, the only one I could come up with, I'll share it since you've you, you've you, you've shared yourself to us, James. It was along along the lines. I'm cringing right now. I don't wish I hadn't said this. It's along the lines of foot to the floor, something like that. It's foot to the floor and away we go. That's Harry Benjamin. Oh, I, th- I think I think that's Harry Benjamin. The F3 commentator. Well, yeah, we, we had him on the show. I hope I'm not wrong. Yeah, I've, I've, I've met him a couple of times. I hope, it's, I hope I'm not wrong. But yours, lights, camera, action, man. I, I, I see what you did there. No, I liked, I liked the, uh, the lights, camera, action. Same. Good. It's very catchy. I'm it trying is. not to copy it verbatim in case you uh, sue me. Yeah, uh, TM. So, yeah. <laughs> now, if anyone listening to this can think of a better opening line for an F1 race. Trust me, we, we spent a long time, well, I've spent a long time thinking about it. Um, let us know. James, well done, man. I, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Thanks. That was, was very well done. It was. I'm glad I didn't do it. Abby, Abby's next week. No, I'm not. <laughs> this week will be my last James podcast. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I've got a little naming challenge for you guys, okay? So we've got we've got 20 drivers on the F1 grid this year. Um, what I want you to do, one by one, is go through those drivers, their names, but swap the first letter of their first name with the first letter of their second name, oh right? My God. Oh my God! I instantly thought of one that's terrible. So it's a man uh, who may not be on the grid next year. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Sam. Just go in a circle, guys. Name a driver, but swap the swap swap them around. I mean, an example for the listeners is Hamis Lewalton. Well, that's what I was going to go with. Um, okay. Wait, isn't that uh, who well, is Lamilton? Yeah, who is Lewalton? Are you okay? What did you, what did you say? What did I say? Hamis Lewalton. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's failing already. All right, Sam, let's see if you can do it. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to, to put in a, a substitute there now then. So I'm going to start with 
Hekel Nolkenberg. <laughs> uh, Abby, go for it. Um, Nando Loris. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it seemed the easiest one to do. Well, I mean, I said it Get up, out the so way, I've James. got to finish it. Get out of the Raniel way. Dicardo. <laughs> <laughs> like Raniel is like, almost like, sounds a little bit like Ram. We'll leave that one hanging. <laughs> uh, keep going. Okay, it's me, isn't it? It's me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> Natifi. <laughs> Abby. Um, sick Moomaka. <laughs> nice, nice. Are you, are you keeping track of it? Yeah, yeah, I've got them on the screen. Abby, can you just say, can you say that one more time? Sick Moomaka. <laughs> you know what? The Moomaka bit is funnier than the sick yeah, bit. It is. Yeah. Uh, uh, go join you. Where's that? Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yep. Okay. Sam. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I'm freezing. Um, this does test I, your knowledge I, of the F1 forgotten, grid as well. I've forgotten, I've forgotten the entire grid. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> gear. Gear Pasley. Yeah. yeah. Um, Vax Mustapen. Yeah. Uh, Vottas. <laughs> Say it again. Baltery Vottas. Yeah, yeah, okay. I heard you wrong. All right. Um, Alex Albon. Yay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how long that was going to take to get to him. <laughs> um, Pergio Cerez. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, Sergio Perez. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? So I was like, I've not heard of him. I, was like, I could have sworn his name was Carlos. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get that one out of the way then. Carlos Kynes. Yeah. Oh, I'm up next. Um, not. Uh, <laughs> Sans Lol. <laughs> is, is, no, it's better than that. Sans <laughs> Lol. Strauss. Look, how do you do the, the, like the TR with an L? Uh, it's, it's on my screen as Sans Le Troll. Le Troll. It's got an element of kind of French into it. Yeah, only a few more left. The Bastian Settle. <laughs> yep. Stop yep. stealing my ones, Abby. Sorry. Uh, who's left? Lol Chaclair. Yep, yep. Mevin Cagnuson. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've got one, no, two left. Um, Suki uh, Yanoda. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, there's there's got to the, be. There's two, two more then. No. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how, how to swap it because he's got three. I'll just try and oh, put them all like, on one. Uh, Dick Venerees. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd go with the D as opposed to the B. Yeah, it was the funnier option. <laughs> All right, who's the last one? Is it? We've, right. No, we've got two more. We've still got two more. There's 
One who, who... We must have had 21 by the laws of threes, right? One has won two world championships. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> Iron Lando. <laughs> Right, I'm just going to... Orlando Falonzo. <laughs> Wait, who were you thinking of? Were you thinking of Max? I was like, we've done Max. <laughs> and I was like, Nico Rosberg? Like, <laughs> um, He's wow, only one really, This is I know, it's really... Rosberg and Button? Um, okay. I'm trying to work out how to do a... Because there's a few kind of similar... Right. Balls... <laughs> Clerk. No, we've done it. We've done it. Sam doesn't know the grid, does he? We've just got something here. All right. um, Did we do the other? No, No, his teammate this year. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Ollie. Um, Osterman Econ. There you go. Uh, did we do the other Mercedes driver? Uh, no, oh, that's a good point. Rog Jussel. Rog Jussel. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, that brings us to the end. And what have we learnt? Nothing. Oh, I don't know the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Sam doesn't know the grid, and you shouldn't do it to Raniel Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's that time of the week for the National Anthem Review. Um, uh, let's do the... Yeah. <laughs> Belter. Uh, Sam, uh, one to ten, what did you think of that performance of the American National Anthem? Like a two out of ten? I mean, you've got to be from the land of the brave to listen to that. Like, jeez, it was not pretty. The singing? Yes, the singing. Wrong word. I can't, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't even remember what the singer looks. And the like. outfit was the outfit was something else. I mean, all of the outfits. She's she in was case, standing there, stood there like some cowboy Avenger in a ten gallon hat and a black spandex. Just just in case my girlfriend listens to this show, which I highly doubt she ever does, because she can probably hear it from next door. Um, I don't look at any other women ever, so I don't. Care um, yeah, it, she, she was dressed very, very odd. Um, guys, I'm just sharing a picture of you. Uh, a picture of you. <laughs> I, I'm just sharing a picture with you um, of what she looked like. Now, just just open the um, open the image, and if you look in the background, oh, let's look. There's a bloke with a blue t-shirt on, and I don't think he was meant to be there. What? What do you mean? Oh, this ran. This ran. <laughs> Oh yeah, someone needs to, someone needs to collect their dad. Yeah. He's the wrong way round. He's not in his military uniform. He's, he's <laughs> You're making it sound like his head's on backwards. Like he's basically. Um, anyway, James, what was your um, rating of the anthem? Well, yeah, it was. It was a bit rough. It was. She was a bit sharp. It was uh, very shrill at points. Made me physically wince on a couple of the high notes, to be honest. And as as it went on, it was like she got more confident and it started, she started improvising more, which is like a pet peeve of mine. It's not your song. It's an anthem. You don't, like, no one does the Mariah Carey stuff with God Saves the King now. Um, Abby, your rating? Um, two out of ten. 
because her outfit to me looked a bit more like what you'd wear to a Halloween party. <laughs> um, and then... Be honest, Abby. Just, just say it. <laughs> I like NFL. And before each NFL game, they have the national anthem and it's usually sung by a serviceman or woman in their uniform and they can sing. Like, they can sing really well. And then this just, like, was really bad in comparison to that. So, two out of ten. Well, I'm going to give it a zero. Uh, well, a zero point one, just so that it's on the chart. It was awful. I hated it, um, and I, I, I haven't enjoyed watching that again whatsoever. This, I mean, this one will go down in history. Okay, let's talk about the race. Let's talk about the science crash at the beginning. Who was at fault, guys? Uh, I mean, yeah, George got a five-second penalty. Uh, I, I will say that Carlos did definitely cut across and you're asking for trouble if you do that at the first corner. But yeah, I mean, George having locked up, I think kind of sealed the deal on him getting that penalty. He was moving like Daniel Kvyat. Like it was totally deserved penalty. Moving like Daniel Kvyat. That's a new one. (laughs) Is that your tribute? Is that your (laughs) Maroon 5 tribute? (laughs) (laughs) like, I like George more than most people because people don't like George. They think he's PR'd. They think he's, you know, yada, yada, yada. Woody. Um, yeah, Woody from Toy Story. I actually... Yeah, Toy Story is uh, important to add on there. If, if, I, sha- <laughs> if I shave... <laughs> yeah, Woody and Raniel DiCardo. Um, anyway, Sorry, you were talking like, about you shaving and I wasn't sure where you were going. So <laughs> about my face, Ollie. Shaving my face. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> I look a bit like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> God, you do. Oh. You know what, Ollie? Go onto my Twitter profile and look you at my, my pin oh. tweet. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas, mate. But anyway, it was it was George's fault. A razor. Um, okay, you said George is at fault. Um, I, I think it was more with sights. It was. It, it, it basically drove back on himself. There's always going to be a car there at that sort of moment in the race. Abby, your thought. I agree with you, Ollie. I think given that it's the opening lap and it's into turn one, like, science should have anticipated that there would have been a car there. Obviously, George did lock up, so he is partly at fault. But for me, it's more science because he did turn in, turn left into George, which then... I'm I'm, I'm sorry. You two? What, are you expecting him to go right at turn one? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. He could have followed... Verstappen, like the route that Verstappen did, the line Verstappen did more so. No, he did, he, not to do a Latifi, right? You know, turn the wrong way on a corner. But I'm not saying, right, it was Sykes's fault. Yeah, he was just driving. George went into him. But what I'm saying is it was a predictable thing to happen. Yeah. He probably should have turned right. He would have got further in the race than he did. <laughs> he could have been more streetwise or, or trackwise, I guess. Would be the equivalent. Yeah. So okay. All right. So mixed opinions on that. Mercedes. They had a bit of a puff. They got performance out of nowhere. Is this a fluke? What's your thoughts? It wasn't performance out of nowhere. They had a, they had an upgrade. Like so. You know. Sorry, I was <laughs> cut that. That was really no, no, really sassy. no, no. It's true. That, that's that. Thank you for educating us, Sam. They did have an upgrade, but they didn't think it was working, did they? No. Like, and that was my point, so right back okay. at you. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know what? It's that game. It's you, You've upset me, Ollie. <laughs> I've lost all composure. 
Um, yeah, no, it's refreshing to see them legitimately fighting at the sharp end. Um, and I'll say that like they haven't been P3 all year, which is, you know, obviously much sharper than other ends of the grid. How many Someone ends does a grid have, Sam? Two. <laughs> Two ends of a grid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... People thought they would struggle with the bumps. I think the, the resurfacing probably helped them a lot because Kota was very bumpy last year. Uh, I think that, that could have made a big difference. But yeah, I mean, they were they were always likely to do well on the Sunday having been as close as they were on the Saturday. They've always been better in race trim than Mercedes. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was legitimately, Lewis was kind of staying within a few seconds of max for the most part of that, that first like section of the race. Indeed. Um, we had a, a pretty early safety car from Bottas, didn't we? How did that actually happen? Did we ever find out? Did he just... Uh... I dread to think what uh, Sassy Sam is going to say about Bottas <laughs> binning it. Because he's, he's no, never no, nice to him at the drive. best time. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, no. Um, I actually... We didn't actually get too much coverage of that incident or kind of any follow-up. So I don't, know if, I don't actually know if it was mechanical or... If it was just driver error, which does from time to time happen, that's fine. I'm not going to, you know, dock uh, any points for that. Uh, I, I, how about I tell you what was the cause? Because I've just done my research whilst you were talking. Do you remember a few years ago, Bottas um, lost the lead in Russia because he said there was a large bee, uh, a bumblebee, um, which distracted him. Do, do, do you guys remember that? <laughs> I'm sorry, that is ridiculous. Do you not remember that? I don't See, remember like, that. Like, I don't. A, a dog in a field, like, chasing birds. Like, come on. I can't believe you don't remember that. Um, yes, it was a massive bee um, that meant that it distracted him at the start of the race. So what did he say today, guys? Was it in his helmet? No, no, no. It, 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 it hit him <laughs> when, in the helmet. When uh, you said bee, I thought you meant, like, go on, finish the word. It's yeah, so did I. Not actual, like, bzzz. But no, this time he said it was a gust of wind that caused him to spin and retire from the race. Well, I mean, they did say that they were struggling with the wind a lot. Uh, Max made like numerous references to it during the race. And I mean, yeah, no one, no one else ended up in the gravel though. So, yeah. No, but it's not the first time we've seen this. Was it Carlos Sainz made a similar error at Catalonia? Probably. Yeah, and Max. Carlos and Max, and Max. Yeah, there you go. Like, it, it does happen. So, I, I think it's... Uh, a little, you know, these cars are a little bit more susceptible to a gust of wind. Hang, than you're... Hang on, is Sam defending Bottas? I'm defending Bottas. What is that's happening? a novelty? You, you've 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 fully just messed with my head with that game. Like, I feel like I'm in Stranger Things. Um, anyway, it happens. These cars are really delicate. It's not like you're on your Fiat Punto going down the M25. Like, these things happen. Mistakes are made. I didn't know you had a Fiat Pinto. I absolutely don't have a Fiat Pinto. Oh. Just... So what are you doing on the M25 with one? I've got a Ford Fiesta and I'm in someone else's car. Uh, anyway, moving on from Bottas and the B. Gasly behind the safety car got a bit of an unfair fine, which James, it really pissed you off, didn't it? Did a bit. Well, it's just very soon after, obviously, the, the Singapore debacle where we saw... Checo commit that same offence three times and get what a, a warning, then a reprimand, and then a five-second penalty. And Pierre did it once, and we saw the replay, and it wasn't ridiculous. It was, yeah, I mean, okay, so it was clearly more than ten lengths, but he then 
floored it and caught back up again. And he instantly gets hit with a five second penalty. It just it just reaffirms the the feeling we all have that they don't want to mess with race results and that it's not a level playing field depending on the situation, which is just not right. And also that Pierre Gasly might at the moment be public enemy number one. Yeah, it does feel like they're just picking on him, doesn't it? I mean, I, I kind of said that with Jess, but it is, a, it is, an, it is a, an overly harsh penalty. Um, but you've got to believe that it's a legitimate penalty. Or, you know, there isn't any bias on there. I think he's got two penalty points. I think he's got two penalty points for it as well. Well, they said that it wasn't served correctly as well. Oh, yeah, I think yes. he was then that further was punished the... for that. But it really annoys me when he did get that. It just shows the lack of consistency within the rulings. Because, like you said, James, Perez got a warning, then a reprimand, and then he got a penalty for doing it numerous times. Gasly just got hit with a penalty straight away. Like, surely you want some consistency because then it does make it look very suspicious. Mm, I, I, I was thinking about this, guys, right? Uh, your average F1 car is about five metres long, give or take, yeah, between five and six. So 10 cars is about 50 metres, yeah? Maybe a bit more, obviously. But if you brake and the car in front accelerates on a straight, that's, that's very, very quick to happen. I think this is a stupid rule and I don't like it because it's, it's influencing races now. Admittedly, it, it did look a little bit like there was maybe some lag or, or or drag or something as he was coming out of turn 11, which it, it, he was slow back on the power, which obviously didn't help his situation. <laughs> yes. But uh, the only thing I can say on the inconsistency and in application of said rule is was there maybe a directive to the drivers after the whole Singapore thing uh, with Perez, where they said, we're actually going to be policing this more sternly from now you've had your warning, we need to kind of cut this out. Um, and therefore we are seeing a new era of how that's going to be policed. He could just be the first. Yeah, it's a possibility, definitely. Mm. I, I still think it's not the best rule that we have in F1. I understand why we have it, obviously. Um, so yeah, he did it correctly, as you said, Abby. Uh, do, does anyone know what he did wrong when he actually served it? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know whether it was just that the team didn't hold him long enough in the pits or not. I don't know if it was ever actually said. <laughs> Everyone wants to be held for longer. That, I mean, that was my assumption. I mean, there was a lot going on. So during the race, I didn't spend too much time thinking about it. <laughs> incorrectly served penalty, I'll, I'll admit. Okay, we we had another safety car. Let's talk about the big crash. Um, bit of a scary one, right? Um, I can't wait to know who you guys think was at fault. Because I've read all the different sides of it and I'm very, very clear in my mind of what I think. Sam, you laughed. Oh, Over go. to you. Bottas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought the big crash was Bottas. No? <laughs> oh, really? I really like South London Bottas there, didn't I? Bottas, um, mate. Or Botas. Botas. Or Botas if you're Val, American. Val Bottas. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, my grandmother's called Val. Um, but anyway... <laughs> The way you just you just looked up to the sky and just thought about that. Oh man! Oh, she's alive. She looks. Um, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. Oh dear. But to clarify, for the record, she's called Valerie, not Valtteri. Um, anyway, this I just don't want to answer this question. Like, 
<laughs> I think it's. I, th- I honestly, I think it's a racing incident, and I think when you've got two drivers telling you it's a racing incident, it's probably a racing incident. For reference, we are talking about the crash between Alonso and Stroll at very high speed. James, uh, so did Alonso officially come out and consider it a racing incident as well? So he said that he, he didn't explicitly say that. I will. I will yeah. find you his quotes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wonder if there's a, a part of the fact he knows he's going to Aston and Lance is his teammate because Fernando's not normally so forgiving when it's a, a 50-50 call. And I mean, yeah, we. I agree. I, I think people have been overly harsh. The, all the reaction I saw online was basically like, it's all Lance's fault. And it was, yeah, he's, he's moved <laughs> suddenly when he knows... Fernando's right there. You can see how close he is. But I, I would say it was, yeah, it was unfortunate timing. Uh, and obviously Fernando could have left a bit more space himself. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. I, he I could have, but at that point, bunkers. surely at that point, right, where, where the move happened, there's, there was no point defending it. He was getting past. Surely. Like, the, yes, there was a jink right at the time that Alonso came out of the slipstream. But... I don't think that jink was the deciding factor in whether or not they made contact. I, I still think they would have made contact there. The jink manoeuvre, um, named by Sam. Uh, Abby. Yeah, but James is right about the, the Alonso diplomacy, because when else has that man been diplomatic in his life? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I'm not going to say a word. Uh, uh, Abby, you're, you've been quiet. Go on. Um, I think it's a racing incident. I think there are things that both of them could have done a little differently. But for me, it's a racing incident. And yeah. I think Alonso doesn't necessarily want to go into Aston Martin on a, with a bad relationship with Stroll. So I don't think he's going to, he's not going to blame Stroll. They're both going to kind of be mature and be like, yeah, we both did this wrong. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, the blame for me doesn't lay heavily on one of the drivers. I was just surprised that Alonso finished the race because I for sure thought that he was going to retire and then he carried on. So Alonso said... It was a bit of bad luck that we didn't understand each other. <laughs> Man, that's the most ridiculous. What was he saying about Lewis at the start of um, the Spa yeah. Grand Prix? <laughs> oh. well, I mean, that, I mean, that is where James's you know politics hypothesis absolutely is kind of yeah. banged to rights. But I, I think that is him saying that it's a racing incident, right? That's my view of it. Yeah, I mean, definitely by Alonso standards. Yeah, that, that's. That's very much that was a racing incident. Um, By Lonzo, yeah, just uh, him saying it's his fault. <laughs> yeah, that was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Just to go back to, uh, to Ollie's nice original question, it even I've forgotten yeah. what my question was, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was it was scary. Like as it cut because we kind of cut back just as it had already just happened, and yeah. he was just in the air wheeling, and it it gave me real Robert Kubica in Canada 07 vibes uh, as he flew. Yeah, on two wheels towards the the barriers, and I was very glad that he missed that that gap for the recovery vehicles. That could have been pretty horrible. And yeah, I totally agree with that. But it's ridiculous that it it finished the race. And do we do the red flag part now? What's your opinions? Should it have oh, been red flag? There should have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Did I totally miss a red flag? <laughs> like Chris Kamara. Was it a goal? Like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, Abby. Because <laughs> I'm asking you, Abby, because you instantly said on our chat, it should be red flag. 
I I think it should have been. I mean, I know they said that it's daylight, it's not wet, the driver should have control, but there were marshals on track at points running across to collect debris. And the amount of debris that we ended up seeing from the crash, it looked like from on TV, it looked like there was loads. And like Lando ended up getting damaged. He lost his wheel cover by being hit with it. And I think Lewis got damaged. I'm not sure. But for me, it should have been a red flag just to clear it because, yes, the driver should have control because it wasn't wet and it was daylight. But if they run over some debris and something it damages their car or for some reason they do lose control, that is still really dangerous, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> Martin was pretty clear in in his race commentary that he thought it should have been a red flag. I feel like they still. I think I touched on this in the in the Japan in the Japan review. I think they just need to make an official rule for those certain mini sectors that cars have to remain at a specific speed and not change direction. That's for me the easiest rule that would fix everything. For basically the you know fifty meters before and after, just go in a straight line. There's no chance of you know trying to heat up your tires and georging it out like he did in Imola or grosjeaning it out, and then. Yeah, then you don't have to stop the race. And, you know, we, we do want to get these races done as quick as, you know, should be reasonably possible. Yeah, I mean, I have since formed an opinion since saying I don't know. <laughs> the fact that there was so much debris, yes, does, you know, weigh in favour of you need to have a red flag. Mick Schumacher was actually seen, like, I think, picking some debris out of his cockpit and kind of throwing it off to the side. So... There was clearly loads of it, but I think the safe or the or not safety, but like the the vehicle on track, the whether it's not it's wet or not, I think that that's a different conversation. I think the, to the debris point, I think from a debris point, yes, it's a red flag, and from the other point, I think keep the race going because I think a red flag should be the last resort. So I'm leaning more towards it not being a red flag, but I'm going to sit on the fence ultimately. So I've gone from don't know to on the fence uh like a same thing i'm learning from fernando alonso <laughs> proved di- diplomat and obviously throughout all the chaos of the back-to-back safety cars in the first one there were a few benefactors of getting cheap pit stops because it was just towards the end of the first pit stop window uh the primary example of that is charles leclerc who obviously we know started a little bit further back but managed to get himself right into the fight with verstappen and hamilton up front so that really kind of, I think, changed the complexion of the race from that point because it went from a you know a, a two horse race to a three horse race from there. Yeah, Leclerc was really in the action yesterday, wasn't he? Um, James, you know, I haven't been uh, always his his, his supporter. I th- I th- always thought he could have been a bit more aggressive as a driver, but wow, he 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 made you proud yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, I've always thought he has that in his locker, but. He's he's done well in his wheel-to-wheel battles when they've actually existed this year with Max, I think. You know, Austria did a great job in Bahrain and Saudi Arabia did a good job to keep him behind him as long as he did. I think, yeah, I, I think obviously the way the season's gone, it feels like Max has stomped all over him. But no, I, I look forward to, to more in the future. It, it made me laugh that move going into turn one because I remember the first couple of races of the season, I kept on saying that Max has just not learned about the switchback. It is a glaring weakness in his defensive arsenal. 
is he just always falls for it and he fell for it again. <laughs> needs to put Surely. a jink needs to put a jink in there, mate. He needs to put a jink, take them both out. Yeah. So he's winning, just running people off the track, isn't he? So <laughs> I'm not getting dragged into this. Cut that, cut I'm, that. I'm, I'm Fernando Alonso-ing this situation. <laughs> I'm being diplomatic. But no, he, he had battles with Perez, Verstappen, um, and yeah, he, re- he really performed. Um, but he outperformed Perez, I, I would say, yesterday, um, which is... Well, obviously he outperformed Perez, but he he was able to beat the Red Bull of Perez. That just, just shows his quality, and he did it in style, I think. I really do. I mean, Sergio had a really anonymous race, partly for reasons that I'm sure we'll cover later on uh, when we talk about his his end plate that fell off uh, early doors from an incident with uh, my favourite driver, Valtteri Bottas. But yeah, ultimately, Leclerc worked through the field better than we expected, but he was heavily aided by that cheap pit stop because he wasn't necessarily making as good a progress in the early stages of the race that the end result would have you believe. Okay, okay. Um, let's talk about Lewis. I mean, it was a hell of a race for him yesterday. We didn't think he was going to get to the front. Uh, we didn't think we were going to see a Verstappen battle until Mercedes did the undercut. Um, Abby, do you want to explain the the events that followed? Because I was too busy screaming. <laughs> it was very good to see. So obviously... Um, Mercedes pulled Hamilton into pit onto hard and then Verstappen came in a lap later but he suffered a really slow stop of 11.1 seconds I think and then he came out behind Hamilton and Leclerc so Lewis had the race lead and then Verstappen was obviously trying to battle with Leclerc trying to get ahead and eventually he did and then he was catching up to Lewis I think at one point Lewis was two seconds ahead but the gap slowly closed because the Red Bull is obviously the faster car and then it it did echo 2021 because Hamilton versus Verstappen, we saw some amazing battles that lasted quite a few corners. And it was very tense because I wanted Hamilton to win. I thought he could get his race win, his first win this season. But Verstappen was just so dominant that he managed to overtake. But it was so good to see a Mercedes actually fighting for the lead of the race, considering how poorly they were performing at the beginning of the season. It was a great battle to watch. It was really enjoyable to see, obviously, the two protagonists from last season uh, jinxing out again. Um, But I have a bone to pick with the Mercedes strategists. And I know that Lewis didn't like the medium tyre. But in pursuit of going aggressive, they actually ended up going quite conservative. And by the undercut onto hard tyres they allowed Ferrari and Red Bull to go into mediums. And clearly, they would. surely they had the same information that Red Bull and Ferrari had about... They didn't have a fresh set of mediums. They're not? Okay. No. I mean, that's that changes things. But <laughs> and are you unpicking your ruined, bone? <laughs> you've ruined my point. Did you did you guys think this was a fair like a, a, a level battle because it seemed it like it um, it didn't seem like you know Verstappen had all the advantages at this point in the race I thought it was a it, it was pretty much a wheel to wheel battle and and Lewis gave it away Well, the straight line speed of the Red Bull though I mean 
Sam, you're, you're wagging your finger. I'm wagging my finger because you, you've reminded me of an, a more interesting talking point than my now mute point. <laughs> um, Are you going to take it or let James finish? <laughs> well, I'll let, I'll, I'll let James finish first and then I'll like, you know. <laughs> all right, all right Kanye. That's quite a dated <laughs> reference now, but I'm going to let has you anyone, finish. Has, has anyone listened to me and yet? Let's Any Taylor Swift fans listen to our podcast? Is there much crossover between F1 and Swift? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think just the, the straight line speed of that Red Bull was just kind of like overpowered in terms of, yeah, once you get within the DRS, it was always, it did feel like it was going to be a matter of time. It felt like it needed to be one of those where, kind of like Abu Dhabi last year before everything went tits up, it was, you know, him keeping him just at arm's length, just far enough away to to yeah to not get sucked into the DRS and thus the the straight line speed of the Red Bull but uh, I know Ollie you said I saw that you know you felt like Lewis didn't defend hard enough I think he basically was trying to lure Max because if he pulled over and defended the line Max was just going to stream past him on the outside so I think he was just trying to kind of catch him out by yeah basically leaving it as late as possible to defend and as it was Max just about managed to find the gap anyway it was one of the first time Max has done like the cleanest move and overtaken Hamilton without it being questioned, right? It was a legit overtake. Well, it's easier when your car's 13 kilometres an hour faster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Put it this way, put it this way. Rolls reversed, Lewis wouldn't have got past Max. I don't think in that scenario. I don't know, I, I, I mean... Know, I know what you mean. I think you've got a fair point. But... And I'm a massive Lewis Hamilton fan, and I can't believe I just said that. But I just, I just felt it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't aggressive enough. It was, it was. Oh, I agree on that point. Can we just mention that um, once Verstappen had got past Hamilton, we then had a running commentary of where Hamilton thought Verstappen had gone wide oh, and yeah. track limits. Oh yes. And then Verstappen had a black and white flag and had reached the three strikes. And then it turned out that Hamilton had also reached his three strikes. So it was a very cautious final few laps towards the end of the race of neither of them wanting to go over in case they ended up getting a penalty. Like last year, they didn't have time to say, uh, he went over the line. And, uh, no, 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 he, he went over the line because one of them was already in the barriers, right? And it was, it was hard racing. I, it's another thing that annoyed me. Thanks for reminding me, Abby. Uh, no, he I did love- it. Oh, no, you did it now. Shut up. In Max's defence, I don't think Max was doing it. Max, Max, Max wasn't playing small ball like that. I love the hypocrisy of it from Lewis, though. You know, I can tell he's over the line because I'm also, my point of reference is over the line. So <laughs> it's just like, come on, man. Like, all legitimacy of that complaint went when he also got a black and... What flag is it? White. Black, black and black white. And white I was going to say black and white, and then I was like, no, but that's the chequered flag. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. He, he also got that, mate. He did. James. <laughs> <laughs> no, not James. Ollie. <laughs> that's my name, you, yeah. This game has fully just broken my head. Yeah, it's hoking your bread, mate. Um, cool. <laughs> nice. So when we got to the chequered flag, um, Red Bull were constructors champions. They've knocked Mercedes off that top spot. Uh, again, I'm happy to see this. Uh, they totally deserve it. Is there any reason, guys, other than um, uh, something to do with a budget cap that you you think that they don't deserve this? I mean, they are they are deserved champions, right? Yeah, I mean they've they've operated on a very high level 
this season. Uh, we've seen that. Obviously, they had their, their troubles with reliability really early on, but they, they fixed that. And yeah, I mean, we'll we'll put the budget cap aside for now. We still don't know the exact truth of it, and we've covered it so much. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a pretty dominant performance all around. Ferrari have blown their chance with a great car. Mercedes never brought the great car in the first place, and yeah, can't argue. I mean, you say high level, others might say high budget, but you know, no, I'm joking. Legitimately, they have smashed it. They've nailed it. It's I don't know if it's getting older, but I've in, there's a part of me that enjoys watching that level of excellence. And yeah, I mean, the fact that arguably at quite a lot of the season, Ferrari have been quicker over one lap. And given the start, Red Bull really dug deep. They fixed their problems quickly. Clearly, you know, fully a team effort. I think it's... Uh, you know, a great, great championship win for them. My, my only bone to pick is just, Max, just be a bit nicer to your team. Just a, just a little bit. Um, he wasn't oh, very he nice to them yesterday. He said, beautiful, effing oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And then he went on to win <laughs> I the race. That. I mean, just, just... No, I've got a lot of time for it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a like the first bad right? pit stop I think Red Bull have done in about five years, since Daniel in Monaco, probably. Have they made yeah, any other mistakes this year? Very few. Name one. Um, Singapore qualifying. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Well done. Which was, part, was partly <laughs> Matt's fault as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back two races and found. Bang to right. I may not know the flags or the drivers on the grid, but I know my Q three sessions. Yeah, uh, and uh, thinking about it, they did have a few retirements, didn't they? So yeah, they have. There's been a few um, things that haven't gone to plan, but they're deserved champions. Congratulations to all the guys at Red Bull, especially on a a, a difficult day as well. Um, But the race wasn't over at the checkered flag, was it? Abby, talk to us. Yeah. So obviously, during the race, Perez had a broken. Um, end plate on his front wing which eventually flew off and Alonso had a wobbly wing mirror which also flew off and ended up on the track and after the race Haas lodged a protest with the FIA because neither Alonso or Perez came in to fix that damage and it turns out that after the race the stewards decided to give Alonso a 30 second penalty dropping him from P7 in the points to P15, but Perez wasn't punished. Now, I get why Haas did protest, because it is dangerous to have damage on the car and for it to fly off. That could have landed, it could have hit someone, it could have caused more damage and incidents during the race. But to only give Alonso a penalty and not Perez, I find a bit questionable because... Perez's end plate could have caused more damage, just like Alonso's wing mirror. They were still both quite dangerous pieces to fly off the car. Okay. You, you said you know why Haas obviously uh, filed the, uh, went, went to the FAA with this. Why didn't anyone else? Well, it's, it's happened to them multiple times a season. And Haas, oh, it has. And yeah. Kevin was behind yeah. on track, yeah. Pretty, yeah. looking to get an extra position. And also, yeah, yeah if Kevin Magnussen sees 
one more meatball flag, he's, you know, <laughs> basically had lunch at Ikea. So it, it, it's understandably for a consumer. You're right, you, you don't know flags, man. Should we test him on some more? What's the difference between the Australian and the New Zealand flag? One's got four red stars and one's got seven white stars. So, fun fact, I know every flag. <laughs> no, you don't. Every this flag. has never come up. I literally know every flag. No, you it's don't. It's a weird brain man you thing don't. I have. Right, Test okay. me, man. Okay. This is great podcast content. Strangest <laughs> flag in the okay. world. James, I mean, every country on? flag. I sent him the image of the um, flag I was about to test him on. This is honestly more ridiculous than the carrot cake bit from the new show. That <laughs> is the Marshall Islands. Oh my God. Well, oh, I like that. Talking about Marshalls. <laughs> there you go. Relevant. Yeah. It's, it's still an F1 podcast. But anyway, the, the big issue here is that they've retroactively applied that penalty and given Alpine at no point the opportunity to bring that car in because they didn't know it was a problem. And when they when Alonso came in to repair his car from the incident with Stroll, that wing mirror wouldn't have been moving around in the same way because obviously it wasn't going at high speed. So it's it's incredibly harsh on Alpine, uh, more so than lenient on Red Bull, I think. Um, so yeah, bit of an odd one. I think it's something they they kind of need to iron out exactly what the rules are about. It seems to be a little bit of a grey area at the moment uh, and the most important thing is nailing down the safety on it because it's yeah I mean we can't have bits of razor sharp carbon fibre flying off carbon fibre flying off uh, at 200 miles an hour because you know it just has to hit a marshal there was also Magnuson and Vettel's fight to the line which Vettel's making a habit of at the moment uh, and really really celebrated as he beat beat Magnuson only just I think he overtook him what the second to last corner uh, so that, that was a another fun fun ending to the race for him. That was a good battle to watch, actually. And I was quite pleased that Vettel managed to get ahead because it is his last US Grand Prix. But Magnussen was on a one-stop during that race, I think they said, which compared to like how many pit stops other drivers did, I was quite shocked that he managed to keep going. Yeah, but in fairness, Magnussen's made so many pit stops this season that he just, <laughs> just doesn't want to know. He's like, <laughs> I'm one-stopping from, from here on out. <laughs> Get me out of that pit lane. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see Seb recover because, yeah, we haven't actually touched on it, but he was right up there, you know, like we were saying, top five. And then it looked like he, I mean, he was leading for two laps. Uh, and then, yeah, obviously had a, a, a horrible pit stop himself. So it was a great recovery drive in, yeah. One of his final races and he's he's really going out in style. So let's do our drivers of the day. Um, Abby, who was your driver of the day for the US Grand Prix? My driver of the day is Hamilton because he did amazingly well. He managed to get that Mercedes into the lead. He battled with Verstappen and after all the safety cars, he managed to actually stay with Verstappen and not let him get out too much ahead on the restart. So my driver of the day is Lewis. Sam? My driver of the day is Fernando Alonso. He pulled uh, a Baku and took what must have been a ravaged car that that he came back to, down to earth quite heavily in the straw incident and managed to bring it home p7 on the road uh also missing a a, a wing mirror so yeah i thought he uh i thought he had a very very good commanding drive and it was a shame that he uh won't get those six points for them indeed james 
Yeah, I mean, it was it's hard to pick, and that's a, always a sign of a good race because you know Max did a great job getting back into the lead. Like Abby said, Lewis did a great job. Charles cutting through the field, as we've established, it's it's honestly hard to pick one. I think I I will go with the public and say Seb because I didn't pick him in Japan when I was on the borderline of picking him, uh, and maybe Singapore as well. I want to say, but yeah, so I'll give it to him this time. I think Seb deserves it. I'll go with Lando Norris. I thought he outdrove the car and he's um, probably the only one left who I can really pick, isn't he? Yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah, he actually had a very quiet race all the way to sixth. Uh, yeah. And we haven't even mentioned him. No, we haven't. Um, but let's mention him in the driver standings. Abby. Yeah, so Max is obviously number one on 390 points as world champion. Leclerc is in second, only two points ahead of Perez in third. Russell is in fourth on 218 points, ahead of Sainz in fifth on 202 points. Hamilton is in sixth, just behind on 198 points. And Lando Norris is in seventh, ahead of Ocon and Alonso, who are in eighth and ninth. And then Valtteri Bottas rounds out the top 10 on 46 points. Um, Abby, as we know, Red Bull are constructors, champions, but what's left to fight for? Second is left to fight for because Ferrari are currently holding that place on 469 points, but Mercedes are in third on 416 points. It is then a quite a big jump down to fourth for Alpine on 144 points, ahead of McLaren in fifth on 138 points. Then it's Alfa Romeo versus Aston Martin for sixth, as Alfa is only one point ahead in sixth. Haas are in eighth on 38 points, whilst Alpha Tari are in ninth on 36 points. And then Williams are in 10th on eight points. It's it's quite a turnaround from Aston in the last few races. They were ninth, right? And now they could jump all the way up. Yeah, I mean, just a few good races. It looked like they were battling for Willi- with Williams for the wooden spoon for a while. It's, uh, yeah, it's been an impressive turnaround. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like I think we've been quite critical of the field spread this year and the midfield fight maybe not being as as good as it has been at points. But I feel like that's the mark of an interesting midfield fight, that you can have a really shocking start of the season and through development, you can claw it back. And they've, yeah, they've put it together, they've had some consistency and they're peaking at the right time. Next week, we're in Mexico for the... Mexican Grand Prix, funny enough. Um, what, do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think of this race? Um, are you looking forward to it? I think it's going to be pretty Mexican. Yeah, yeah, it will, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Fiesta. <laughs> I, I, I quite like the Mexican Grand Prix, also because it's really tough on engines. Do, do you know why I said that? I'm just going to defend myself for everyone who goes, that guy's an idiot. It's the Me- Mexico City Grand Prix, isn't it? Yeah, true. That's why I hesitated. So, that, yeah, there we go. Abby, what are you predicting next week? I don't know how it's going to go. I'm assuming that Red Bull is still going to dominate. Hopefully Perez can have a good home race. I think it will be more Ferrari versus Mercedes. And after Mexico, not many races left now. It's Brazil and then Abu Dhabi and we're done. That's all for now. Guys, thank you for joining me. Um, You have provided me lots of entertainment this evening. Sam, thank you, sir. No, no, no. Should I call you you Can Soup? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a girl I went to school with who used to call me ham soup. Um, not that. Um, <laughs> would you have ham soup? It sounds disgusting. 
But <laughs> I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask why. Oh God! I went like Eddie. I, I lost so much breath. Then. Uh, right, Mames Jackenzie. Like, really... Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, <laughs> Willie. Oh, hit me. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> Did you just call me Willie? Wolliver. <laughs> Wolliver. <laughs> you just called me Willie. I don't know where you got to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and Babby Arthurst. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. I'm sorry. It's tri- it's, I'm not sure it's bad B. I'm sure I, I think it's triple B-Y. Triple <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I feel like we've had fun. I'm not so, I'm not so sure how much the fun the listeners have. But, you know, I'm sure... <laughs> Right, we will see you next week. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, God. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Sports Social Podcast Network.